we are so glad that you were listening to the Temple of God International podcast. We as a family are praying for you and we believe that this is just the word that you need. God bless you. You could have chosen to be elsewhere, but you have used your free will that the Lord has given to you to be in his presence. The Bible says that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So you want to receive some joy? If you've already got joy, receive more joy. Because throughout the week, you will need to share that joy. Whatever brings you pleasure, I announce to you that this very morning through to the afternoon as you listen to this message, you will receive answers to your prayers. Thank you, Lord. Let us pray as we get into the word of the living God. Father, we thank you so much. Your word says that when we are gathered two or more in your name, Jesus, you are with us. And we acknowledge your presence. Holy Spirit, wherever your children are watching, I pray for understanding. I pray for revelation. Jesus said the word of God is a mystery. But for all of his children, it's been given to us to understand the mystery of that in our understanding, our minds will be renewed. In our understanding, our lives will change. In our understanding, we can apply your word to every situation and circumstance. Even our environments will change. You will step into our homes. You will step into our communities. You will step into our nation. And you will be Lord. You will rule and reign. For you rule in righteousness, you rule in peace, and you rule in joy in the Holy Ghost. So this morning, let somebody receive your peace. Let someone receive your joy. Let someone be positioned to have a right standing with you where your influence, your government is ruling in every area of their life. Thank you, Father. I pray for clarity of speech. I pray for utterance and boldness to declare your word. Not my word, but your word. Not my will, but your will be done. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Hallelujah. Oh, I like to say hallelujah. Hallelujah means 10,000 praises. 10,000 praises. It is just so funny because during the week I was... Um, having a meeting with a colleague of mine and um you know she really likes to swear and i said to her look every time you think about swearing just shout the word hallelujah she found it difficult to do it but at the end she said hallelujah we all laughed when you swear you are just cursing and that word is negative it's foul it doesn't do anyone any good but when you shout hallelujah, you are joining the angelic host of heaven to give 10,000 praises to God. The Bible tells us that when you elevate God, when you praise God, the blessings will come down. When you give God attention, all of a sudden God will begin to look towards your direction. And when God looks to you, his eyes moves with favor. Hallelujah. So all I hear some people saying in their homes, in their kitchen, in their car, wherever you are watching, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because you want to draw the attention of the living God into your life, into your home. Praise the name of the living God. I cannot start this message without talking to us about the upcoming celebration of Pentecost. 
I want to announce to you, before I tell you a little bit about the preparation for Pentecost Sunday, next week Sunday, is that the topic, the title for my message to you, I'm going to speak very briefly, not too long, okay? But the title is A Call to Acknowledge God's Goodness. I am calling you, brother and sister, that you and I will acknowledge the goodness of God. Whatever we don't acknowledge, we don't allow. Whatever we don't acknowledge, we are not grateful. Whatever we don't acknowledge, we don't appreciate in our life, in our family, in our nation. So this morning stroke afternoon's service and message is a call. It's a call out. Jesus is calling to you to acknowledge his goodness, to acknowledge his goodness in every area of your life and our nation. So back to preparation for Pentecost. The Bible makes us to understand that right when Jesus ascended to heaven, he told the disciples, Acts chapter 1, you can read it in your own time. The Bible said that Jesus told the disciples, Acts chapter 1, read from verses 4 to 8, that the disciples must wait for the promise of the Father, which is that they were going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Until then, they knew about the water baptism. Child of God, if you've been water baptized, you've not been Holy Ghost baptized, this is the right week to prepare yourself to receive the Holy Ghost baptism. The Bible makes us to understand that just about 10 days after Jesus had given this instruction, for them to go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the baptism. They were in the upper room. Acts chapter 2. We read this account in Acts chapter 2. You can read the whole chapter or from verses 1 to 4. The Bible says that they were with one accord. They were united. Expectation for that promise of the Father of the Holy Ghost baptism. Ten days. Child of God is Sunday today. Next week Sunday. We are going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. The feast of Pentecost is a wonderful feast. Because when they were in that room preparing, expecting, the Bible says that they came in the room, a mighty rushing wind. That was the sound of the Holy Spirit. It filled the room where they were. This week, as you prepare yourself, I want you to go through the book of Acts. Because child of God, when we look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said to the disciples, this promise is that they would receive power. Power, somebody say, I will receive power. Jesus told them, the promise of the Father, go and wait for that promise in the upper room. And you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you and I, when we receive that power, he says that you will be witness, witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, and in the uttermost part of the world or the earth. So in the upper room, the mighty Russian wind came, filled the room. And also it wasn't just a wind. The Holy Spirit did not just move just like wind, but he was also fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost sat upon each one of the 120 in the upper room. And what happened to them? They received the fire of the Holy Ghost. That fire brought power into their life. Child of God, I see that this week as you prepare yourself, some of us are going to put some food aside, fast and seek the face of the Lord in expectation for more fire. 
Those without fire, you're going to ask God, give me fire. What does the fire do? The fire of the Holy Ghost burns away everything that is not in Christ. The fire and the power of the Holy Ghost enables you and I to obey the word of God. Child of God, many of us, we read the word. We hear preaching. We say, oh, this sounds brilliant, lovely. But we are not able to do it. When you receive the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it empowers you to obey the word of God. So your lifestyle, my lifestyle becomes like Jesus Christ. That is how we become true witnesses. The fire and the power of the Holy Ghost will destroy the power and dominion of sin and the works of the flesh over our lives. The fire of the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost will fulfill the promise that Jesus said in John 14, that we will do his works and greater works. Oh, I'm getting too excited. Today, I'm not preaching about Pentecost, but I just want to stir your heart up to prepare yourself this week in expectation of the celebration next week, Sunday. For Pentecost Sunday, I hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind beginning to blow in everywhere this message is being beamed. It's starting from today and Sunday we're going to be filled and overflowing with the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. So all I'm saying is prepare yourself. Read the accounts in the book of Acts of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1.8. When we see all the chapters of Acts this verse, Acts 1.8, was played. It was like a movie. Jesus said, Acts 1.8 will be played right through the rest of the chapters of Acts. We see the manifestation of this infilling and baptism of the Holy Ghost that they received. And that is exactly what's going to happen to you and I. Glory to Jesus. So we want to get into the message. I'm going to speak by the grace of God for 30 minutes. Someone said, I speak for a long time when I'm teaching. But today, by the grace of God, I'll try and be brief. We hear the scripture, the chapter of Deuteronomy chapter 8 being read. And I just want to pull out a few verses to identify, to acknowledge the goodness of God. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's go back to Deuteronomy and look. So we hear this account of Israel being told by the Lord to remember, to remember God's goodness, to remember God's protection, to remember God's provision, to remember God as their source. The Bible makes us to understand that whenever they remembered how God had been good to them, how God had protected them, how God had provided for them, how God had led them from wilderness, a place of lack, a place of not having enough to a place of plenty. They must obey the Lord, their God. So verse 2, look at verse 2, Deuteronomy 8. It says, and you will remember all the way, all the way, somebody say all the way, which the Lord, your God, led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. Child of God, this is a very important season that we are in. We started a couple of months ago, this COVID season of lockdown. 
Some of us have gone through wilderness experience of having very little. Some of us have gone through challenges of sicknesses, various kinds of sickness, including the um, COVID-19. Whatever wilderness that you've been through, the Bible wants you and I to understand that we must remember that it is God who has been with us and through this season. So the situation, the circumstance has not consumed us. God was reminding the Israelites to remember that season because sometimes we just like to remember the good times. We just like to remember all the joyful moments and the, and the partying and all the good times. But there is a purpose for those hard times too. And when we think about hard times, sometimes it's very difficult to realize how good, good God is in the difficult times. The Bible goes on to say that that period, God was humbling them. Verse 3. God fed them with manna. They did not know about this manna. It came as a daily supply and provision from heaven to the people of God, Israel then. That God would know what was in their hearts. I'm looking at verse 3. God did all this to see what was in their heart. Whatever you and I have been going through, through this period of COVID and lockdown, God is seeing what is in our hearts. If it's a season of dryness for you, God is seeing whether in this season you acknowledge and identify his goodness and give him some praise and worship him, or you begin to curse, complain, and moan. God did this to the Israelite for a purpose. The Bible goes on to make us to understand that after that season of humbling, testing them with luck and still providing for them, I want to draw, I mean, drum this really into our hearts and our minds. You know, sometimes when you have little, it's difficult to see the goodness of God. But God was making an emphasis and a point to the Israelites that even when you did not have food, I supply for you daily. Child of God, you have eaten every day throughout the season of COVID. I have eaten. There may not be abundance and plenty. You may not have gone to work. You may not have had your full paycheck. But at least you've got a bit of money. You are not begging on the streets. This is the divine provision and the supply of God. That's why today he's drawing our attention to acknowledge the goodness of God. This is the goodness of God. It is not by our own doing. It is the goodness of God. So God made a statement, Deuteronomy 8 verse 11. Beware, that means be careful. You and I must be careful. That you do not forget your God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. So God is telling you and I that we have to be careful that through the seasons of lack, through the seasons of dryness, through the seasons of suffering, through the seasons of sickness, through the season when you are a bit disturbed in your heart and in your mind, don't forget. Do not forget the Lord your God because he's the same God who sustains you in the dry season. He's the same God who sustains me and all of us through all the different seasons and phases of our life. He doesn't change. Why? Because God changes our seasons and our times. Look at verse 12. He says, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses and dwell therein 
And when your heads and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart, look at verse 14, your heart will be lifted up and you will forget the Lord your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage? There is a purpose to the challenging times in your life. There is a reason. When you and I acknowledge the goodness of God even through those seasons, and he brings us out of that phase into a place of abundance, into a place when we are well, we will always give him thanks and praise. Because we will know that he's the God who's taking us through all those seasons. Glory to Jesus. So this is what the Lord tell them, told them. And then the Lord says something to them in verse um, 17. Pay attention to verse 17. Let me see if I find in the New Living Translation. I've been reading from the King James because my Bible is not really, okay, right. Verse 17, New Living, I've got this one here. He said, he did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Please let the message sink in. When there is very little, when you're going through trials and challenges, sometimes you're not even able to sleep very well because you're thinking and you're pondering upon that situation. Your body may be in pain at that period, but God still sustains you. God gives you that ability to endure and to go through that season. And you come out and you're well. When you are well, when you come out of the place of just enough to a place of plenty, the Bible is reminding you and I that we must remember the goodness of God. He says, he did all this, took you through the places of little and still provided for you. So that when you have achieved the place or you've got to the place of plenty, you will not say your own strength or I will not say my own strength and energy has brought us to this place. May we never say that. But verse 18, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. We must remember the goodness of our God. God's goodness causes us to be successful. Why? So that everybody will know that it is God who has made us successful, not we ourselves. Child of God, I was thinking through this scripture uh, message very, very deeply. And some statements that people make all the time or most of the time came to my attention. Many people put lots of things in their life to lack. Oh, you're very lucky. Oh, you're very good. Oh, that person was able to help you. Oh, it's because you have that money. Many people put situations to chance. But God wanted to let the Israelites know, and he's speaking to you and I today as well, that nothing is by chance. Nothing is by accident. Everything has come from God. The Bible makes us to understand that all good and perfect gifts comes from God. James 1 verse 37. All good, all perfect gifts come from God. Child of God, it doesn't come from ourselves. It doesn't come from the United Kingdom government or whichever nation that you are living in. It doesn't come from that government. You know, many people say, oh, I received my um, pension money. I received my um, benefits money. Oh, I, uh, I thank the government for it. Yes, it's right to thank the government, right? But before the government, it's God that made that provision. 
It's because of the goodness of God. That is why the government has been able to give you some level of support. All things have come from God. He owns the whole universe. The Bible tells us in Psalm 24 verse 1, heaven and earth and the fullness thereof and everyone and everything that dwells in this earth belongs to our God. So if God has passed through life, through your parents to birth you on earth, we must thank parents, but we must know that that life giver is God, not our parents. If God has give, given you and I children, given you and I money, given you and I intellects, given you and I emotions, whatever we have, the Bible makes us to understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe. It says that, what do you have that you have not received? Child of God, you and I, everything that we have, we have received it from God. And they are good and perfect gifts that he's given to us. I like the scripture in Romans 8 verse 32. The Bible tells us that God did not spare his son. He gave his son Jesus Christ to die for you and I. To be buried, to resurrect and to live for you and I. So child of God, if God can give his only begotten son in our place so we can have life and life abundantly. What else will God not give up for us? He will give us all good things. He is a good God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You may be saying, oh, I don't know the Lord is good. I'm going through all these things. The message doesn't even make sense because you're not tasting it. When you have food in front of you, if you don't taste that food, you will know whether it's salty or it's sugary or you will know whether it's spicy or not. But when you put it in your mouth and you taste it, you will realize that it's very good. The Bible says that we should trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. Lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we must acknowledge God. When you and I begin to acknowledge that all that we have has come from God, in the good time, in the bad time, with little, with plenty, if we acknowledge God in the situation with us, for us, then he will direct our path. Then we will know that he is good. It's when we acknowledge him. And we obey his word and apply it to our life. And we appreciate God for all his goodness. That's when we have tasted God. And we will say with the psalmist, yes, he is good. Because we've tasted him. Hallelujah. Many people challenge the goodness of God. They call goodness of God evil and evil good. In the world that we are living in today. There's an account in Mark chapter 6. I want us to quickly look at it. Because of the analysis that people make. Today, when a miracle is performed, people will analyze it. Oh, this is evolution. This is because um, the, um, the, the, the particular cells and the membranes and the brain and the body is working this way and that way. That's why this thing happened. They analyze everything and condemn everything and bring it to man's level. And take it away from the God who has Perform that miracle. Let us look at Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. I hope somebody is receiving something. Glory to Jesus. We must acknowledge the goodness of God. Nothing is by chance. Nothing is luck. The breath of life that we breathe in and it's come from God. Because child of God, no matter how many thousands and billions of pounds and dollars that you have, you and I cannot add even one second to our life. If time comes for God to call us home, we were lying in hospital bed on the life support machine and we pay the best of doctors and physicians to 
cure us. If God does not give them that intellect and that ability, and God does not work to maintain our life, we will die and we will not be cured. All good and perfect gifts has come from God. Mark chapter 6, are you there? The Bible says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, or Jesus began to teach in church. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. You see, Jesus was working miracles, mighty works. His teaching about the kingdom of God, about the principles, the commandments of God was so wise. And they marveled. Now they began to question, where from this? Where from this knowledge? Where from these miracles? We said this person has been healed. How did it happen? Questions, questions, questions. And all those questions, unfortunately, is leading people away from God. It's taking them away from God. Apart from those that acknowledge God as a source and creator of all good things. Verse 3. It's not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own king, and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Child of God, when you and I live in unbelief, when we analyze till we paralyze, when we put everything down to lack and self-centeredness and who could help us and who could not help us and we do not acknowledge God as a source, the maker of all good and perfect gifts, as God who puts all things together, then God cannot perform mighty works. Unfortunately, God will not force anything on any of us. He wants us to acknowledge his goodness. He wants us to invite him into our life. No matter the circumstance, through the wilderness, through the sickness, through the anxiety, through the fears, through the confusion, until you and I acknowledge that he is a good God, his goodness cannot step into our circumstance. So he is calling us to acknowledge his goodness. Blessed be the name of the living God. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? David said in 1 Chronicles 29, you can read in your own spare time from 14 onwards. David said, God, everything we have has come from you. That's why we're giving back to you what you have already given to us. Child of God, whenever God asks us, give me some of your time. Sit with me in the word. Sit with me in, in church, in prayer. When God says, give me your life, I want to love through you to your neighbor. Don't withhold back. Because all that we have has come from Almighty God, as David said. God does not want us to put our trust in the things that he has created. When that happens, we don't acknowledge him. But when we put our trust and our confidence as God who has provided all things for us, we put our confidence in him, then he will step into our situation. He will be praised, he will be honored, and he will be glorified. There's a story I want us to look at again in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. About a rich man. You know, through wildernesses and through um, various seasons of life, it's not everybody that is going through dry moments. There's some people that are going through very good time in this lockdown. 
So the message is for both. Those that have gone through very hard time and still going through and just coming out of it, remember this message to acknowledge God. To acknowledge God and to give him praise. You acknowledge, give God praise, listen to his word and his voice and obey. That is what God is asking for. Because sometimes we acknowledge, oh, this is God, but that, it ends there, no. After we've acknowledged that I can sleep, I wake up not because of the alarm clock, child of God. Some people say, oh, the alarm woke me up this morning, really. <laughs> the alarm could be ringing because I know people, the alarm ring, ring, ring. They don't hear it. And some people, when they hear it, they will beat the alarm. Why? <laughs> Why are you beating the alarm? You will spoil it. You have to buy another one because you want to wake up at a certain time for your, for your work or your appointment. Stop beating the alarm clock. And then you go back to sleep. Some want to get up. They can't get up because depression has gripped them on the bed. Some want to get up. They can't get up because there is no hope. Child of God, as I walked in for this broadcast this um, Sunday morning, the Lord said to minister hope to somebody. If you are listening to me and you feel helpless and hopeless, when you begin to acknowledge that God, you are good. In the midst of my helplessness, you are a good God. You bring help in the midst of helplessness. Then you begin to receive the help because you are acknowledging God as a good God who brings help. When he said, God, I acknowledge you in this hopeless situation. Then you begin to invite the one who brings hope. So acknowledge God. No matter what you are going to, depression, oppression, whatever situation, when you begin to acknowledge God as a good God, then his goodness will enter in. Some people say, oh, my body is so sick. I'm in pain so much. Everything is, mm, 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 mm. Say, God, you are good even in my, mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> I like that. Oh, even in my mm, you are good. <laughs> and as you say, in my mm, you are good. The healing power and virtue of God will flow in your mm, and your body will be pain free, pain free. Hallelujah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag it. <laughs> Glory. Even in my mm. <laughs> there is joy. There is joy. <laughs> Oh, Lord, in my, mm, sometimes we complain too much. Instead of complaining, say, God, I acknowledge you in this situation. You are God. You are a miracle-working God. You are God of breakthroughs. And as we acknowledge his goodness, he will come through for us. Mark chapter 10. I'll read very quickly from verse 17. The Bible says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master. What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. You see, God is good. Say all the time. And all the time, God is good. There is no evil in God, child of God. There is no evil. Even that evil the devil has placed on you. That evil that you even wish on yourself. Because sometimes we say so many bad things about ourselves. We think it and we speak it. Even in the midst of that bad thoughts that you have for yourself, God's thoughts towards you and I are good thoughts. Because there's no evil. He can't think evil because God is good. He hasn't got some goodness. He is good. When you see evil coming, it hasn't come from God. It's come from the devil. Then why has God permitted it? Most of the time, God may be testing us 
or we may have brought it on ourselves. And we will move on towards the end. We will talk about repentance because I believe that's what the Lord is calling us to do. Many of us have not acknowledged him and praised him and thanked him. And beyond praising and thanking God and acknowledge him, he wants us to obey him, obey his word. Okay, so he goes on to say, 19, thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor your father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. In all our ways, we must acknowledge God, child of God. This rich man, he was not killing, he was not stealing, he was not doing all those things. But there was one thing he wasn't doing, which Jesus required him or wanted an acknowledgement. But he said, no, it was too hard. He walked away. What is that one thing that you refuse to acknowledge God in? What is that one thing? God is calling for acknowledgement of his goodness in every area of our life. And acknowledging his goodness means thanking him, praising him, and living in obedience to his will and to his word. Hallelujah. Jesus looked around round about and said unto his disciples, let me read 22 again. And he was sad at what Jesus said and went away grieved for he had great possessions. Many of us, because of the great possessions and our lack of acknowledgement of the fact that these possessions has come from God, it's difficult for us to live for Christ, to praise him and to worship him and to do his will because we attribute those great possessions to ourselves. I have got this and I have got that and I have got that. Who told you? It's because of the goodness of God. God is the source of all good and perfect gifts. Let us acknowledge him and give him the praise and the glory that he deserves. And Jesus looked round about and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? That means that when you and I have riches, we have wealth, we have plenty. There is a temptation that is set ahead of us. Now, if we're not careful, we'll fall into it. And that temptation is of lack of acknowledgement of God as the source of those wealth and riches. We must acknowledge God. The goodness and the plenty we have has come from God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. Child of God, with God all things are possible. When you and I acknowledge God, his goodness in all the good things that we have in our life, even in the bad situation, for the fact that he is with us in that situation, he's bringing good out of it. 
all things will become possible. The miraculous will happen. Breakthroughs will happen when we acknowledge God. I speak to you especially if you're going through a hard season, a difficult moment in your life, know that God is with you. And because he is with you, his goodness will shine through for you. Hallelujah. Acknowledge him in the midst of difficulties because his goodness, his breakthroughs is coming through for you. Amen and amen. Glory to Jesus. I want to move on to the book of Hosea. I want to speak to us about a wonderful story. Um, and I'm asking each one of um, um, those fellowshipping to read the book of Hosea. Read through all the chapters from chapters 1 to 14 in your spare time. Because it's a wonderful, wonderful book that the Lord has given to us for our instructions. When we see the book of Hosea, when we look at Hosea chapter 1, we see that God told Hosea to go and marry a prostitute. Because God wanted to give a message to Israel, his people. And when Hosea went and married a prostitute, they had three children. When they had those three children, their names was even messages that God was given to his people. The first child was called Jezreel, Valley of Battles, or a place where judgment. Because the people of Israel were living their own ways, not acknowledging God, sinning, and doing all sorts of things. The next child was Loruhama, which means no more mercy. God said, because you guys and you people who are supposed to acknowledge my goodness and worship me, live for me, you're living for yourself, doing your own thing. No more mercy. Because you don't want the mercy of God. Child of God, the only way you and I receive mercy is when we acknowledge our sins. When we begin to tell God we are sorry and acknowledge his goodness in our life and we accept his ways and follow them, that's when we receive mercy. But the Israelites were not doing so. So the second child was speaking to them. The third child, lo ami, which means not mine, not mine, not mine. And that is a serious thing when God says not mine. We are God's. When someone says you are mine, that means they care for you, they look for you, they after you, they protect you. But when they say not mine, that means we, by our own choices and our decision not to acknowledge his goodness and to attribute everything to the self, we have rejected God. So God said, if you've rejected me, then obviously I also reject you. You're not mine. But if you acknowledge me, my goodness, and you invite me in, then you'll be mine. So these three children were, you know, speaking a message. And as it's also speaking to us, the church, the children of God today. We realize that in um, the chapters, especially chapters 1, 2, 3, it talks about the fact that God was blessing the Israelites. But they forgot God. They rebelled against God. And they became lovers of themselves. They worshipped idols instead of God. Today when you talk about idols, people begin to think wood and silver, you know, that you have carved somewhere. You know, but idols, anything that replaces God. Anything that we acknowledge more than God. Today in our life, we acknowledge so many things. Like I've been saying in time past, we acknowledge Sundays. We have, it's a shopping day. We don't acknowledge God. When we have our family and it's time for a roast dinner on Sunday, we just put our knife and our forks and we eat. No prayer. No acknowledgement of God. When we are sick, we won't pray. We'll look for the best hospitals and the best doctors. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but we will not acknowledge God. 
we will go and queue in the line, the prescription line to go and take the tablets. Because we acknowledge the medication more than the healer who is God. And I want to announce to us that there are many that take tablets, many that go to the best hospitals, many that eat the right food and do all the exercises. But in all these things, without the acknowledgement of God, some are dying, some are on medication for life. But those that acknowledge God, even in the tablets, they become well. Hallelujah. We must acknowledge God. The land of Israel then, in Hosea, they had departed from God completely. And God saw them as harlots, prostitutes. How many of us have become like that? What makes a prostitute? We leave our husband, we leave the one we love, and then we go and make relationships or build relationships with others. And that is what happens to us when we have idols. We don't acknowledge God. He's a jealous God. He wants to be the only one in our lives. But we leave him and then we make other relationships with things that become our God. And we honor more than him. So let's read um, Hosea chapter 2. And I'll read from verses 1. But now bring charges against Israel, your mother. The children, the things that we've made and acknowledged in our life as more important than God. They are bringing charges against us. Is somebody with me? If they acknowledge my job, my children, my husband, the money that I have, even my physical body, because some people are so proud. You trust in your beauty and what you have. If I acknowledge that, that brings charges against me. So God is saying to the children that um, um, Goma and Hosea have, have had, he said, let, go back, these children, go back and tell your mother, for she is no longer my wife. And I'm no longer her husband. Tell her to remove the prostitute's makeup from her face and the clothing that exposed her breasts. Otherwise, I will strip her as naked as she was on the day she was born. I will leave her to die of thirst as in a dry and barren wilderness. And I will not love her children, for they were conceived in prostitution. Their mother is a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shameful way. She said, I will run after other lovers and sell myself to them for food and water, for clothing of wool and linen, and for olive oil and drinks. Have we not done that? Have we not chased after the money, chased after that relationship, chased after that fame, chased after that power, building things for ourselves, not acknowledging God as the source, not giving God all the glory, and seeing that all things has come from him. And acknowledging and thanking him for his goodness. We've done that. So may the Lord have mercy on us. Verse 6. For this reason I will fence her in with thorn bushes. I will block her path with a wall to make her lose her way. When she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. She will search for them but not find them. Then she will think, I might as well return to my husband. For I was better off with him than I am now. Isn't that awesome? Some of us have been saying, oh, why this lockdown? You know, when the nation was brought to our knees, our government, the leaders, the wise people, the scientists, when there was no cure, God is trying to bring us back to him. He said to Israel, you have prostituted yourself. Like Goma, God and Got other husbands is believed that the second child was not from Hosea. Just done her own thing and have other lovers. Constituting ourselves with other things. 
Today, when a nation needs something, United Kingdom, do we call upon God? Or do we say, let us see what the United States is doing? Let us see what Italy is doing. May the Lord help us as a nation. May the Lord help us even as a church, the body of Christ. When we want to present God, we need to seek him. How do we present God? God is good. Everything comes from him. We must seek God. We must acknowledge him. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse 7, when she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. She will search for them but not find them. Then she would think, I might as well return to my husband, for I was better off with him than I am now. This is all God is trying to do. So in all these situations, when our back is against the wall, we say we might as well return to God. He loves us too much to let us play prostitution and halotry with all the things that he has created. He is the creator. Verse 8, she doesn't realize, I like the verse 8, listen, she doesn't realize it was I who gave her everything she has. The grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold, but she gave all my gift to Baal. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is God speaking to us. When we don't acknowledge God for his goodness in our life, we attribute it to other things. This is Goma saying that all the things that she has has come from Baal, the idols, from her prostitution. Rather than acknowledging that it has come from God. This is the Israelites. God is using Goma to teach us a lesson about Israel. Israel was blessed. Israel had corn, wine, oil, everything was blessed. But instead of saying, Father, we acknowledge you, it's come from you. We thank you as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8. God took his time. Said you went through lack, I provided for you. You went through all this season, you've come to a good place, don't forget Acknowledge me, praise me, and thank me. But here we are, they were not acknowledging God. And many times it happens to us. And God is giving us immunization. Somebody say immunization. For when this season is passed and plenty starts coming, child of God, acknowledge God's goodness. Acknowledge God's goodness. Don't attribute the silver, the gold, and all the goodness to somebody else who has made you get it. Don't attribute it to your own intellect, to your own intelligence and everything else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to just finish it off here and we'll continue by the grace of God. We'll go more into the book of Hosea and look at what the Lord said. So we want to pray. We want to pray. We want to pray. So wherever you are, you can stand to your feet, kneel to the ground, um, kneel down on the ground or where, whatever position you feel comfortable, begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his love. Oh, glory to Jesus. I'm going to take us through Psalm 107 as we thank God and we praise him. Glory to Jesus. If you can pray in the heavenly language, just pray in tongues right now. Oh, Father, our spirit magnifies you. Our soul bless your holy name. Somebody want to thank God right now for your life. Your life. He's the giver of life. Yes, yes, yes. Sir. You are not just some embryo in your mother's womb that divided so many times and formed a baby and birthed out. No, 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 no. God is the one that formed you and shaped you uh, and birthed you out. Glory to Jesus. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Uh. 
The psalmist say in Psalm 107, he says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. I want you to give God thanks wherever you are. Uh, thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his love. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his kindness. Thank God for his patience towards you and I. Thank God for his protection. Thank God for his provision. Glory to Jesus. Uh, the Bible says that his faithful love endures forever. Oh, God loves you. He loves your family. His love doesn't fade because we turn our back on him. He is forever loving. Even whilst we're doing bad things, when we don't want to know him, he still loves us. Somebody thank God for his love. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible goes on in Psalm 107. When you have time, you can read it. But I'm just scanning through. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness. They became homeless. They were thirsty. They cried to the Lord, Lord, we are hungry. They were sick. They said, God, we are sick. Lord, we need your power to heal us. The Bible makes us to understand that God healed them. God delivered them. God protected them. Verse 8 says that let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Throughout Psalm 107, we see the changing seasons and faces when Israel would turn their back against God. Even right after God had given them breakthrough and provision, they forgot about it uh, and they worshiped idol but whenever they turned their hearts back to acknowledge his goodness God intervened uh, and said oh that men will praise God because he's the same yesterday today and forever child of God thank God no matter the circumstances the situation that you are in uh, give God thanks for his goodness as you thank God for his goodness his goodness is coming into your family uh, everything that is bad is leaving that family in the name of Jesus every chaos every Every confusion in that family is leaving this afternoon as you praise God for his goodness. Oh, God is light. When his light comes into your family, every darkness is expelled. God is hope. This afternoon, I minister hope to you. The God of hope, his goodness is hope. Every hopelessness is leaving your life. God is the very present help. Jehovah Shammah is with you. Somebody receive the help of God. Wherever you are watching, wherever you are praying and fellowshipping with us this morning. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Let your help visit that individual. Help is coming. Help has come. Receive the help of God. God is the healer. As you thank him for his goodness, his healing power is hitting your body. His healing power is renewing and restoring and repairing and giving you brand new body parts. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody thank the Lord. Somebody praise the name of the living God for his goodness and his mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It's from everlasting to everlasting. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just for a minute, I want us to repent. This morning, the Lord reminded me of one particular sister. The Lord said, look at her. When she was struggling, she was every time serving me. 
She would sacrifice and prioritize me first. But now that she is doing well, she has forgotten about me. Now that she is doing well, she puts me the last on her list. Let us all repent. Let us tell God we are sorry. For when we have rejected his love, when we have not acknowledged him in all of our ways, we've only acknowledged him in some areas. Father, we are sorry. Have mercy upon us, Lord. Some have rejected you in the hard seasons and the wilderness of our life. Some have also rejected you in the pleasant and prosperous and wealthy place. Have mercy. Let the blood of Jesus wash us. Cause us to turn back to you. Oh, for you love us. You love us. You love us. Thank you, Father, Lord, for restoring us. Thank you, Father, for touching every heart to acknowledge you as the source of all good and perfect gifts. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you're watching me and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want to give you this opportunity to do so. Without God, you will not be able to experience his goodness because he's good. When he comes into your life, everything that is evil will be expelled. When he comes into your life, even in the midst of persecution and suffering and challenges, his goodness will help you to overcome. So if you want to accept Jesus, say after me, Father God, I thank you that you are a good God. I acknowledge your goodness because you've given me this life. But I want the life that is in Jesus Christ. That is the eternal life. So I am sorry when I've lived without acknowledging you and pleasing myself and doing what the devil wants. Have mercy on me. Cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Today, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my personal savior. Thank you, Father, for accepting me as your child. Amen. Now I pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus. If you've made this prayer, Father, I thank you for your hand that is upon those individuals. Oh, King of glory, grant them a revelation of Jesus. Give them a desire for your word. Thank you, Father, for your protection. In the mighty name of Jesus, plant them in a church where they will be able to grow and mature and to be discipled for the Father's second coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The announcement very briefly, our weekday services continue Wednesdays and Fridays from 7.30 p.m. Um, on the, the internet services that we provide, Skype or Zoom, as the Lord has made provision. So be part of it. I also want to encourage you, don't stop giving. Don't stop giving. This is the cycle of blessing the Lord has given to us. This is the instructions. If we acknowledge God's goodness, it doesn't stop when there is lock lockdown. God's goodness will cause us to remain faithful in our giving, also in our receiving. Because we're still receiving, so we must give. Tithe be a covenant keeper. Because when we withhold the tithe, the blessings hang up. We must release it so all the blessings will be made manifest in our life. Okay, and as I said at the beginning of the preaching or the teaching, is a week for preparation for Pentecost Sunday. Next Sunday, come expecting for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come expecting miracles. Come expecting boldness. Come expecting breakthroughs. 
come expecting. So in preparation, have some kind of fast throughout the week. Read the book of Acts. Gain understanding of how Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The verse 8 was fulfilled throughout the 28 chapters of Acts. And I believe there's going to be signs and wonders. So God bless you for being a part of this service unto God. May the peace of God abide with you and I forever. May the Lord smile upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. May the favor of God encompass round you about like a shield. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Temple of God International Podcast. We pray that you have thoroughly received the word and that it will bless and enhance your life in unthinkable ways. We encourage you to not only subscribe to this podcast, but also to our YouTube channel. Be sure to follow us on our social media pages. We strive to encourage you with the word of God. God bless you. Until next time.